live from the Great Ball Heart Studios in Mesa, Arizona. Welcome, Rebecca Reigns. Hi, everybody. Welcome. With me today, I have Mark Stark of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Nevada Properties, California Properties, Arizona Properties. He is our CEO and leader of 3,300 agents, proud and strong. Also our guest, Charles McLean. I like to call him Charlie, so I'll be calling him Charlie in today's interview. So Charlie is our designated broker and general manager here in the Valley. For those of you guys listening to us from Arizona, he has worked at several other companies, but as long as I've been with Berkshire Hathaway, he's been our leader here in town, local, and our general leader, Mark Stark. So, so thankful for both of you guys. Thank you for joining me. How are we this Monday morning? Woohoo! Woohoo! Happy good. Monday. Yeah. Were you guys <laughs> dancing in your chair at my intro music? I love that song. There you go. Very you, good. You get what you give. That is the premise of our Grateful Heart show. And thank you guys for joining me. There's a lot of things that I wanted to discuss today, but before I actually launch into it, obviously we'll be talking some about the market. How can we not when we have these two here on the show with us? But I wanna talk mindset and success. And the reason being is, guess what? Our restaurants are opening today. That is so exciting. I can go get a manicure again. I mean, I know it's the small things in life that make me really excited, but when I had to lose my eyelash extensions, you guys have no idea how badly I cried. I know, I know, I know. There should be other things I should be crying about, but that's my reality, Mark. What can I say? Before we started the show, I did get a chance to talk with Mark a little bit about the podcast I did this morning with Rick from our company. And he reminded me of my humble beginnings. And I'm talking, I let Mark know that I actually did have to clean urinals at a dance club called The Devil House back in the day. My dad was totally into child labor. And you know what can I say? Uh, it's definitely shaped who I am. I wanna learn a little bit, between the three of us, there is actually 100 years of real estate experience. I'm the one with the least amount at 27, and these two are just giants. And, and I love the fact that you didn't get here without your share of failures. And it wasn't always an easy ride. We've come out of the last couple of months of some serious change in our marketplace, and mindset is huge. Mark, do you mind sharing with us a little bit about the man, Mark? Not Mark Stark up on stage, but the man, Mark. Where did you start in real estate? How did you get your beginnings? Well, I'm, you know, uh, just giving you kind of a, the 30-second overview. Uh, I am originally from Chicago, Illinois. I moved out to Las Vegas to go to UNLV for hotel management school. That's of all what things. Brought me west. Yes, uh, UNLV. It was there or Cornell, and I chose UNLV, uh, mainly to get out of the cold weather. Smart man. And, uh, and I started, um, you know, going through uh, college for uh, hotel management. I was working my way through school, working at the hotels and realized pretty quick on that's not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And uh, at 21 years of age, I uh, got into real estate sales. My roommate from college said, well, you know what? We, we love uh, the Las Vegas area. So why don't we get into real estate? And that's what originally brought me in to the business and uh, really took to it like a fish to water uh, at 21 years of age. I was 19, I shared with you when I started, but it doesn't mean that you have to start young. A lot of people invent themselves as their second or third career in their later years and it can be quite successful. So your partner, your no, not your partner, your roommate became your partner in real estate 
and you started off just selling houses like everybody else. Well, what took you into, I'm sure you won some awards, I'm sure you became one of the better agents. Talk, talk to me about your climb up. Well, I sold for about seven years, uh, yeah, and, and, and was one of the top producing agents. I was a big listing agent, about 80% of the business I did was um, working with sellers, uh, and about 20% working with buyers, and uh, really never saw myself um, advancing into leadership in any way, shape, or form. Uh, the president of the company at the time, Mark Masevic, um, asked me to, this is about a little over six years in the business, asked me to train at a new office that they were doing. I could still sell full time, but he said he were opening this new office and he would appreciate if I would do training classes on what I do uh, to uh, drive my business. So I agreed to do that. And um, about eight months later, um, an office, they had let go one of the managers and an office opened up and he came to me and he said, look, if this would be a major shift for you, uh, however, I would love you to run this office. It's our smallest, lowest producing office. And if you take it over, I'll let you grow it as big as you want. And so we sat down, I loved Mark. Um, in fact, uh, he was one of my first huge mentors in my life and in business. And, uh, and we worked it out and I became the manager of that office and we uh, brought it from the lowest producing to the highest producing office in three years. Okay, so I'm sure, and I'm gonna come back to that, Mark, I'm sure there was a reason that that happened, that you went from lowest producing to highest producing, but I wanna jump over to Charlie. Charlie, I know you're from a little town in the middle of nowhere, Colorado, because you, you know where my husband's from. My husband's from another little town in the middle of nowhere, Colorado, and you guys actually knew some of the same people, I believe, because of your basketball connections. But besides that, who is Charlie and where did you start in real estate? Well, um, before I started in real estate, I was really in education for quite a few years and was in about every kind of job you could have in education, including superintendent of schools, teacher, coach, counselor, uh, special ed counselor, career education counselor, and mostly in coaching. I would just say, you know, what's probably helped me as much as anything in my career in real estate was the coaching that I did for those many years before, mm -hmm. because I learned so much about people and how people behave and how you can work with people to bring out the best in people and how you can work with people and bring out the worst in people. So they taught me a lot about how to lead and how to move forward. And in reality, I moved to Arizona for a multitude of reasons, but I was in the career education project systems for several years and still coaching in the school systems and coaching my kids and realized there was no money in what we were doing. And that kind of got me started off into real estate in about my mid thirties. Mm -hmm. And so we went from a time when you didn't have much money doing it to where you could make a lot of money if you were really, really worked hard at doing your business. So I took a lot of the lessons I learned from the education systems and the education ways of how to be orderly, how to be organized, how to do what you need to do and just started selling. Didn't really think I'd ever go any further than sales, but after about eight years, about the same length as Mark was in sales, I uh, decided that maybe instead of just my teaching and coaching all the agents in my office, maybe I should just buy my own office and start. So mm -hmm. in reality, in 1981, I bought a small Century 21 office. Oh, very uh, cool. Fortunately for me, we started to come out of the, um, crisis at that time and move onward 
and I decided that it was time to grow the offices and become multiple offices. So at one point we ended up with uh, a merger with uh, Phil Mercurio and I in Century 21, and we ended up with about 1,500 agents working in two states with uh, Century 21. Very and cool. then I heard you mention about who's the real person and how many failures do you have? Probably I can't remember, don't want to remember all the failures I've had <laughs> and all the stuff that I've done. But what I've been fortunate in is if you can learn a little bit from each time something doesn't work, uh, then you can pass that on to other people and you can help them be successful without having to go through everything that happened. So that plus I was I was really blessed, Rebecca. I, I had lots of great mentors all the time, all the way through my entire history of uh, my high school teachers and college professors and the people that I met in all the different parts that I did, um, just a tremendous mentors that taught me so much. And you, so I, I think that's kind of like what we do now in real estate is we mentor and teach everybody to be successful, no matter what the crisis, no matter what the time. You know what I love listening to both of these guys? Both of you guys have had failures. Both of you guys have had mentors. So even these guys with all these years of experience, they both started with mentors that led them. So I think a lesson here that I'm hearing from both of you is if you're just starting in real estate or maybe you're just trying to figure out how to become successful in real estate, you may need to reach out and find somebody that you admire that will inspire you and help mentor you. I know I had a mentor and it was my dad who started me in real estate many years ago, bless his soul, and he's not with us any longer. But another thing that I heard here was failures because we all learn, but you know, Charlie, how do you get somebody to learn from your failure? Because I know I'm a parent. My kids never listen to anything I tell them. You know, hey, been there, done that. And do they ever listen? Well, I think it's I think it's how you do it. And, and maybe it's just, it's part of me. I just, I want to hear what that person is saying. I want to try to reflect on what they're saying. And then I want to see if I can tie it into something that maybe has happened to me that uh, goes on. Uh, I've got to make a phone call today to an agent I talked to on Friday. Mm -hmm. uh, I was over at one of our offices on the west side, and this lady came in and said, you know, I'm going to go be a, a notary for a title company. I just can't do this real estate. This real estate is too hard. I just had somebody fall out of escrow, and I was so busy at the time, and, and later when I got through, I thought, wow, I sure missed an opportunity there to maybe give her some direction. So today, my goal, one of my goals today is to give her a call and listen to her again and maybe come up with just a couple of suggestions, a couple of ideas to get her doing something that she could do that would be a positive thing for her that she could live with as far as staying in the real estate business. Well, you said some wonderful words of wisdom to me on the phone last week. I don't know if you remember what they are, but real quick. Mark, I'm going to hop back over to you. When you were talking about, and this was a kind of cool, you both seven to eight years in sales before you both got into management. And I'm looking back at my history in 27 years of doing this. It was probably about that same time frame for me as well before I went into management uh, myself. And then I decided I didn't really like it. I like selling houses, guys. I, I, that's where I've discovered I have my fun. But I think that is part of the clarity that Mark and I were talking about before we got on the call. And Mark is so good at explaining how to be a success. Fry, can you do me a huge favor? Will you slide over? I wanna share with everybody the screen. 
with the quote, the strongest factor in success is self-esteem, believing you can do it, believing you deserve it, and believing that you'll get it. All right, go back to the guys. So that said, Charlie, do you remember what you said to me on the phone last week? No, I'm, I'm not sure I do. <laughs> I make up lots of stories when I talk to you. <laughs> I know. I'm your redheaded stepchild of the Southeast Valley, and I'm going to be saying that for forever, but or as long as you stay in the business with me. And I'm, I might have to get out when you get out, just saying. But no, what you said to me, I was sharing with Charlie, my husband James and I, we run a, a good real estate business down in Chandler. We have our own office. We have a lot of fun. We have surrounded ourselves with great people. And when this Corona thing hit, just like Mark and I were talking about earlier, it was scary for everybody. But you know what happened is after the first few days, you know, we just kind of adjusted our mindset. We pivoted a little bit. But March and April this year, while we might have lost some deals in the very beginning, and I'm still kind of angry about the one, Charlie. You know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, don't laugh too loud. Anyways, but, you know, we lost some deals because people got scared, and I get it. But just as many people jumped into this market the last six weeks because they saw the opportunity. And I have seen and I've had so many conversations with our clients about, you know, they're just looking at life differently. You know, we've all been in time out. Like kind of like, you know, we've all had to go to our rooms, been locked in, locked down. And how do you how do you do anything other than start introspecting a little bit, right? So when Mark got on the phone with me earlier, got on the call with me before the show started, I was sharing with him how much I appreciate his advice about clarity. But Mark, do you remember the question I asked you? Now don't play don't pretend like you don't remember what Charlie the question that I asked Charlie, Charlie, did, did I ever, I, I, I see squirrels sometimes, did I ever get to the, what you had said to me on the phone? No, I didn't. Okay, so what he said to me on the phone, which was really good, was he said, Rebecca, because I, I was sharing with him our business this year, March and April of this year, James, my husband, was doing the stats. It's actually surpassed the volume of business we did last year, and last year was a record year for us. We actually we're honored with um, having the number one uh, team for the state of Arizona within our network. And Charlie had said to me, the wise words were, if you believe there's business out there right now, there's business out there right now. But if you believe there isn't, there isn't. And I- All right, I remember. Now you remember, now that I jogged your memory. And, that, and that's, that's so true. No, absolutely, because what like Mark and I were talking about, it's also self-fulfilling self prophecy. Our minds are so powerful and our thoughts are so powerful that we create our realities. But the best way to create them is to get clear about them. Mark, would you share with us about clarity? Well, what I found, there's, there's two key things that I have to say in so many ways have protected my business life, my personal life, uh, and that is consistency and clarity and um, clarity meaning knowing exactly where you want to go whatever that means and the beautiful thing is there's no wrong or right to this um, and that's why you have to respect it uh, because you know whichever direction you want to go and whatever direction you're thinking about will expand and that's the direction you'll go doesn't have to support you doesn't have to give you what you ultimately would want it's going to go in that direction so i respect having clarity so much almost to a necessary fear in my belly that i get very serious about mark 
what is the direction? What is the outcome you're looking for? Don't take that lightly. Uh, even with this, you know, the coronavirus, I've been very clear for myself to go, okay, where do you want to end up here? What, what's the goal here? Short-term, medium-term and long-term. And so that has helped me. Once I get clarity about that, I can now build the activities, whatever they are, uh, or the non-activities, whatever they are, to do to get to that final result. And then consistency comes in on just being consistent doing them. And that's been amazing to me. It, it has taken complicated issues and simplified them to a day-to-day -day activity that I can do and it doesn't give me brain damage. And the more I do it, the further I move forward. You know, the other aspect of what it does is if I'm blowing it and moving in a wrong direction, I know it so quickly because I've got such clarity on where I want to end up. And if I'm doing things that are taking me in the wrong direction, I'm like, Mark, this isn't working. You got to adjust. You need to tweak something. Now, you gave me an actual example before we came on about a time in management where you were failing because Mark goes from step A to step Z and may not only you know skip a few steps in between because he can, but in order to manage and to teach, he had to break it down. So can you share that? Because my question for Mark was, yeah, it sounds great to have clarity, but how the hell do you get clarity? I mean, I think that's where most people trip and stumble and then they just give up and decide, okay, I'm going back to my cubicle once the virus is over and they let me go back to work. Yeah, when I moved from running a branch, and as I said, we had a very successful branch, but when I moved into being a general manager, um, I really failed. Um, I was having a lot of issues and it was really throwing me back. And uh, I had another gentleman in my life outside of real estate who was another mentor uh, to me. And what he taught me was this. He, he said, you know, Mark, you can go from step A, okay, to step G really quickly without any thought process. But that doesn't mean other people can go through that same, those same steps by skipping all these steps. So what you're doing is you have these expectations, these unrealistic expectations that you're placing on people and to make it worse, you're not even telling them, okay, specifically what those <laughs> expectations are. And then you're, you're basically sabotaging their success. So what came out of that was, is me having to stop, write each step down. So A, B, C, D, E, F, G, mm -hmm. so, they can get to G at their own pace right. and understand the process of getting to G. And that was a huge change for me, specifically as being a general manager. So your advice, and, I, and I'm going into this in such detail because, you know, Charlie, it goes right back to probably all your years in education and coaching. I think that I heard from one of my mentors years ago, Joel Houston was my manager at Trend Homes and he used to always say we have two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? So that we listen more than we speak. Charlie, I have a feeling with the kind of patience and level that you have, you're really good at slowing things down and taking step by step to get people where you want them to go. Do you have any examples that come to mind? Like what you maybe you'll say to the gal today that's thinking about just Throwing in the towel? Well, I, I probably would start out by just trying to get her to reiterate uh, and respond and re talk to me again 
so that she knows I really am trying to listen to her and get a sense of where her mindset is at, what she's feeling and why she's feeling it, and then start kind of softly suggesting, well, we can't do everything at one time. What's one thing you think you might be able to do to keep you active in real estate? Is it just simply maybe contacting your sphere of influence again or reaching out to the people closest to you and just seeing how they're doing and just check on them and see what they're doing and then be able to think about how you might be able to help them in the future. It, to me, I'm, I'm, I like to use a lot of humility so that when I'm listening to people, they get a sense that I'm really trying to hear what they have to say. I like to do a lot of reflection. I think it was my master's degree then counseling that they taught us a lot to listen mm -hmm. and then to reflect back to the people and then try to get clarity with the people on what it is they're really saying. It transfers right over into real estate. It transfers into your family, transfers into people you know, it transfers into everybody. You have to find out where their head is at, where they're coming from. I remember in the coaching a lot of times, you had a kid who wasn't a very spectacular athlete, but you could say to him, what is the one thing you can do that you would really like to do to contribute to the team? I jump way back on you, but I had to always make conditioning a, a really superior thing in my teams because often we didn't have a lot of superior athletes. So we had to be in very good shape. And I had one kid that played on our team was never going to be very good. Uh, Jay was that he liked to run. He'd go out and run in the country. But when I was doing all of the things that we were trying to do to get the people in shape, we did a lot of running. And so I went to Jay one night and I said, you know, Jay, you and I know because you only have two fingers on your right hand, it's hard for you to shoot. It's hard for you to do some of the things that you feel like the other guys get to do all the time. But you know, one thing you can do for me every day is when we run, don't let them slag. Don't let them goof off. You just pass them up and pass them up and pass them up. And they're going to feel, wow, if Jay Rudder can go out there and do that, then I can go out there and do that. Four and minute mile mark. It, it gave him a point. It gave him a place that he had in the team then. And I think we want to do that with everybody. Some great realtors have hardly missed a step, but everybody is a different person in a different location and a different thing in their life and, and how they feel about themselves. So we have to reach down to those people too and figure out how, what can we do for them? How can we help them just a little bit to be a little bit more active? And the more that you give, the more that you get. So the more that you help build up others, the higher you also become in whatever, in whatever your definition of success is. It, it, one thing that came to mind while you were speaking, Charlie, is nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And obviously, okay. you've made that a big part of how you work with people, right? That's, that's uh, it's absolutely. It's the, it's the primary thing I work from. Awesome. So people have to know I care. Even the realtors, when we're in disagreements on stuff, they've got to know that I care about doing the right thing and doing the right thing for them. And that's something I've always appreciated about you as well. One thing I want to get back to, to with both of you, I mean, it's such a wonderful opportunity to have both of you guys here to share. One thing I noticed in all the conversations I've had in the last you know, two months of this epidemic, pandemic, coronavirus, COVID, fear, all this ugliness that we've dealt with, a lot of people have come out of it trying to reinvent themselves. And there might be people watching today wanting to reinvent their own real estate career or start one that they haven't started yet. 
I'd love some word of advice from both of you guys before we go to our commercial break. And then in the next second half of our show, I want to talk actual market stats and comparison and, and just kind of get into real logistics about where we're at in our marketplace today. Mark, why don't you go ahead and start? When If you're going to give somebody brand new, hey, Mark, I'm thinking about getting into real estate, what do you say to them? Well, I, I think, you know, the beautiful thing about our business is regardless of when you get in, uh, and like you had said earlier, regardless of age or whatever the case may be is, if you put in the effort, uh, there is no ceiling on your success. Um, you just gotta be very, in my opinion, uh, you've gotta be very consumer centric, all right? So where you really want to serve, all right? Putting your self-interest mm -hmm. second, uh, and you'll have tons of success by doing that. And you gotta be a hard worker. This business is not easy. Um, it is, you know, one of the one of the few businesses in the world that you're only compensated based on success. Right. You have to consummate, and it's got to be a win-win scenario, or you don't get compensated no matter how much time you put in. So, you know, again, not to be a broken record, but getting clarity mm -hmm. and committing to consistency for me are two that are really, really big. The other is understanding a concept called less is more. You know, the other aspect is we get into any business and we feel there's so much we have to do and so much we have to learn. And the reality of it is, is you're putting that undue pressure on your own shoulders. Focus on your strengths, focus on, you know, understanding what you need to do to do what you do best, pick something you enjoy, and guess what? You have a great team around you that you can access when you know the information. I think Charlie would tell you this, as long as I've been in the business and he's been in the business, there's still things all the time we yeah. learn or Every we don't day. know, or just, oh my God, never experienced that before. And so you're never gonna know it all. Mm -mm. So if you set that to the side and say, okay, I've gotta get clarity, I've gotta be consistent, and you know what? I want to do, you know, for one example, open houses. I want to build my business on open houses. I really enjoy them and I want to be the best at it. Our industry supports even the newest person coming in saying, I can take that one idea and expand it to be very successful. Absolutely. Well, I hear the music going in my ears, guys, and I'm getting ready to dance in my chair. So, Charlie, we're going to have to come back to you after break, and it'll be your turn to answer that question. You've got two minutes to think about it. All right. You guys stay tuned. We're going to run a couple of commercials from our sponsors. And thank you guys for joining us and listening in. If you have any questions for our guests, please chime in on Facebook Live. If you're looking for a mortgage, you need a personalized plan, not a click button, get mortgage option. Tara Krieg and the TK team have saved families thousands by proactively planning their home purchase or refinance. Buying a home is a huge decision. It deserves a strategic approach. The TK team provides you with a comprehensive mortgage plan, including a complete credit analysis outlining the steps needed to improve your credit score, helping you qualify for better rates and terms. Visit the TKteam.us today. We'll ensure you get the best guidance so you make the best decisions. The TK team, moving you forward. Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo-Rains with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. I've been selling homes here in the Valley for over a quarter of a century already. I want to say that experience truly matters. So when you're looking for your realtor to help you either buy or sell your biggest purchase of your life, I hope you'll consider using me. However, my experience doesn't matter nearly as much as my clients' experience. I dare you to Google me. 
You'll see nothing but fantastic reviews because I truly care to help navigate you and your family to the very best experience you'll ever have with buying a home. Whether purchasing a home or refinancing, we know you have choices when it comes to choosing a title company. Lawyers Title is the leading source for all title, escrow, and marketing needs with access to the largest group of title insurance underwriters. Lawyers Title facilitates successful closings and protects clients from fraud, creating solutions that save time and money for everyone. Ask your realtor or loan officer today about using Lawyers Title on your next real estate transaction. Lawyers Title is a member of the Fidelity National Financial Family. Have you been thinking about buying a new home or refinancing your existing mortgage? Interest rates are still around historically low levels. Why pay a higher rate when you don't have to? Call Joe Smith at Epic Mortgage for a free mortgage quote or pre-qualification. Epic Mortgage is a locally owned, independent mortgage brokerage that provides low-cost options for its customers. Independently owned means low overhead so you can get the best rate, fees, and service. Keep more of your money. Brokers are better. Reels are recommended for over 20 years. Contact Joe Smith at Epic Mortgage today. 602-741-4121. Hi guys, welcome back. Hopefully you didn't get too bored during those commercial break from our wonderful sponsors. I love everybody who's participated in the show. And just real quick before you guys, <laughs> we're having a little bit of technical difficulties. Charlie and Mark will be joining us back on here momentarily. But real quick, before we go back into the conversation that we were having earlier with the two gentlemen, like I said, we have over a hundred years of business combined between the three of us in real estate. So I like to think that there's a little bit that we know about, uh, but I wanted to share with you the Grateful Heart. Six months ago today, we started the show on the radio and we had been posting Facebook Live. We had been doing YouTube. We had all of our things on podcast and then coronavirus hit. And I actually lost some of my guests because the studio down at the radio station was not able to do Zoom and do interviews like I'm doing right now. I have actually Mark, Mark is calling in from Nevada and it's been pretty awesome because now I've blown open the door on a having much better equipment down here at the Lista Pro studio, having much better lighting, much better sound. While we may not be on the radio anymore, we have a more fun interactive way we, I want to encourage questions from anybody that could be watching live right now. So Farai's watching the board. If there's any questions that you guys have for our guest, we have Mark Stark and Charlie. And of course, you can always ask me questions too. So while we are Facebook Live, we also post our show to YouTube. So I want to ask you guys to find us on YouTube, GratefulHeart.com. If you go to our website at www.GratefulHeart.com, I'm sorry, .tv, you can find all the links there super easy but if you go to youtube and subscribe and like us that would be amazing that way you'll never miss an episode because i know not everybody's going to be at home on lockdown for forever and you might actually go back to a day job where you won't be able to watch during the week during the day this way you can watch anytime you want at your convenience of course we have instagram of course we have linkedin we have um all the other platforms like SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, which is usually how I listen to podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. And then <laughs> I keep watching, waiting to see when Fry gets our guests back on the show. Gotta love the first show on the air live down here at the studio. We're working out some of the kinks too our show the way it goes. And you know, you gotta sometimes just laugh at yourself, right? So it looks like we're going to try to get Mark and Charlie back on here momentarily. Hopefully it's the same ID, Fry. Fry, are you in my ear? 
Okay. Hopefully he's yep, in. It'll be the same one. Okay. It'll be the same one. And that's what we asked the guys to get back on to. Hopefully you guys don't have to watch me trying to text them. But uh, yeah, if you guys ever, I don't know how many of you guys in the car like to listen to podcasts. Spotify is one my my 22-year-old told me I needed to get on so she could listen to the show. There's Charlie. There's Mike. There's Mike. Yay, we're back. Okay, so we'll know for next week. We need to make sure we have the right account going on Zoom so that does not happen and I don't lose my guest again. Farai, um, I'm sure you're in the background. probably having a heart attack right now. Charlie, can you hear me again? Can I hear you? Yes, I can hear you and see Perfect. you. Perfect. Okay, awesome. All right, we're back with the show. Um, Charlie, before we went on break, I asked Mark a question and then the music started going, so we didn't get a chance to ask you or let you answer the question. Do you remember what that question was? Well, yes, and you know, relating to that, you know, I'm going to jump back to something probably James, your husband, and I would know, and what Mark's talked about with uh, how you have to work and do the, the business uh, every single day. Uh, I used to tell everybody in all the training classes and stuff I used to do was every morning you have to get up, put your boots on, and go to work. And people used to say, what are you, some farm kid or something? And I said, yeah, that's exactly where I got it. Because every morning, your dad would say, you have to get up and you have to go to work. Right. And so when I was growing up, I learned to work seven days a week. It wasn't a choice of working just five or four days. Back going to college was great because you only had to work maybe three, four days a week. And then I found out I couldn't stand that, so I had to go get other jobs to keep myself busy. But I think that's with realtors. It's, it's, it's the fear factor sometimes that we're seeing right now that make them not willing and not able or maybe frozen to do something. They're just not comfortable doing it. And I think that's where it takes a lot of work and counseling and consulting. And our managers are doing a fantastic job in, in Arizona, reaching out to all of the agents in their offices and finding out what will work with them to get them doing something. And I think that's that's such a key because you have to work in real estate. Oh, yeah. When I went into real estate in, in the, the year I was just leaving education, Took me about a week, this is 1981, it took me about a week to realize I wasn't gonna make any money if I didn't close an escrow. So I started working really hard to do everything I could to close every escrow, every sale, every person that I could possibly think of and get them into business. At the end of the year, I went to new meetings because I wanted to get taught now how to do real estate since I've been so busy during the year and found out that we really weren't supposed to have a good year in 1981 because interest rates were- But you did anyways. And so nobody could buy houses. And I'm like, really, I'm really glad I didn't know that because if I bought into that idea that you can't sell a house, I might never have been able to stay with it. So not knowing that times are bad sometimes and just doing what you got to do to be successful is I think what a lot of people have to do during this time. Yeah. If they do what they can do every single day, finding somebody, there'll be people want to buy a house, there'll Absolutely. be people want to sell a house. You just have to go do it. Absolutely. It's, again, going back to creating your reality. It's what you believe is what you're going to achieve. Absolutely no ifs, ands, or buts. And I know, Mark, you and I had that really good conversation before we went on the show about all of that good stuff. Um, hey, Charlie, real quick, I'm going to have Fry in just a moment. Fry, hopefully you have our stats for Arizona ready to show in just a minute. Don't go there yet. I just want to make sure you got it. Okay, I think yeah, he's I got it. Okay, awesome. So Mark, real quick again, I, I just can't get enough of the fact, I know nobody took me by the hand, even though I went to go work for my dad when I was a kid, 
uh, he didn't take me by the hand and say, this is how you're going to make money. I discovered myself what I took and I have never stopped since, right? So nobody's going to bring you into real estate and say, this is the way you do it. You have to discover what works for you and what doesn't. Uh, Mark, you talked so much about that before we went on the air. Can you give us a quick little recap of that? Um, you know, give me from what specific, just so I... I well, so to understand, yeah, where I'm trying to get to with this is we all have to decide on our own what's going to work for us and then just do it. And I know you said that earlier to get clarity and, and just to, you know, figure, figure out what works for you because it's not always going to work for everybody. And no, you get what you give, what you invest in yourself in this business. Just yeah, I, mean, I guess the main message there is there's no wrong way to meet people. And our business is a meet and communicate with people type business. However, there's numerous ways to do that. And I guess ultimately my recommendation would be find the, the vehicle that you most enjoy of how you can consistently communicate with people. Because whatever you're doing, if it doesn't include communicating with people, it's a bad plan of attack. Okay, we always try and find the way around communicating with people, but we're in a people business. Um, right. There's a lot of innovation you can do. There's a lot of technology you can do. But ultimately, you've got to be someone who communicates uh, with people. And so that would be the, the, the one focus, regardless of what you really enjoy to do. Got it. Got it. Thank you. Hey, Farai, will you put the screen up for us? There you go. Hey, Charlie, you recognize what this is, don't you? Correct. The Cromford report stats? Cromford report, right. So, to so do, go ahead. I'm going to have you explain what this means because I'm sure uh, everybody's been wondering, how's the market doing? Haven't you guys been hearing that a lot? I can't really see very clearly the stats that are on there, but I can kind of give us a synopsis of this year. Okay. Through the first quarter of 2020, uh, the Berkshire Hathaway company in Arizona had an incredibly outstanding success, much better even than they did in 2019. And going through into March, we were way ahead of all of our expectations of where we thought we would be. But then like everyone else, we, we got hit with the coronavirus and we still managed to stay really strong through March, April, you know, we started to see a decline in the number of sales. Actually, we saw probably a lot of sales that canceled um, because people became fearful. They thought they were going to lose their jobs or they did lose their jobs. And so we saw the number of sales begin to decline uh, from the huge number that we had at the first of the year to that April type of, of showing. And by the way, that, that one that you were talking about where they, seller had that cancellation mm -hmm. I was told by you he immediately resold it and was still able to move forward yeah no and we found another buyer immediately for that home and that's what I saw happening we were seeing 20 30 percent in cancellations but when I would talk to the realtors in our company anyway not so much in other companies that we would see that we were putting them back into escrow whenever we had the listings even if the buyers were not able to buy now we kept in contact with them for the future so the latest Cromford report that came out, and everybody just guessed, there you are. Yeah. So the latest Cromford report that came out said, yes, we had a steep decline in April, but then we had it already coming back out of it as we headed into May with the new sales and the number of sales. So while the sales dipped in the numbers in April, which we'll see reflected probably in some May closings, 
before April was actually over, we saw a really strong resurgence in the Arizona market with people wanting to buy homes again. And I have a barometer that works at my house called my wife. Oh. And, um, <laughs> you know, she's she was just kind of going through she's the year. Super cute. Mark knows she keeps threatening to uh, retire since she's been doing this for 50 years now. But all of a sudden, it came up the latter part of April, and she got listings, she got sales. I think she has three or four sales pending now, just took a couple of listings. And people are like saying, we need to get moving again. We need to get moving again. So the Arizona market, the Phoenix market that we're most familiar with, we've already seen a rebound. I, I won't say a huge rebound yet, because we're going to have to go through, you know, a series of openings. Right. Um, Prices lag. Strategize yeah. uh, with jobs and job unemployment and how that's going to affect things. But the the desire is there. The 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 desire of the consumer to buy homes, purchase properties, live in their own place is very very strong. Now we had a slowdown in the migration to Arizona, but I think when we get through a little bit more of yep. this and they open up the, the states. We're going to see more and more people coming. Oh, we just sold a house to somebody from North Carolina who had sold their home mm -hmm. and they got moved out here and they're buying all cash. I have the same thing happening all across the country. People are migrating here. I think they're going to be in droves. I think the biggest question I keep hearing is are prices going to go down? And so this is why I put this chart up. Now, Charlie, you don't have the luxury I do of sitting next to this big screen. And if I didn't, I'd probably have to be wearing my glasses to read this. So just real quick, I'm going to just point out a couple of things on this chart for those of you guys who are watching this. The number one reason why prices are not going to go down long term is because the supply and demand. It's a simple law. The bottom index here talks about the Cromford index. And this time last year, we were at 144%, which basically means it was a seller's market a year ago. Well, guess what? If you look at the numbers below, today we're at 145 so that means we're actually more in a seller's market than we were exactly this time last year, which may explain why my husband and myself have been more busy this past spring than we were last year. We were just coming off of this uncrazy, unfathomable market in February before the coronavirus hit when we were nearly over actually last quarter in, in February is 218 for a demand. Like we had twice as much demand than the housing we had available which for a moment shot prices up to 379,000 as an average price. A year ago, we were at 340. Today, we are settling at 359. So I think those numbers were just no way we could keep going at the pace we were, we were going. But if you look at the sales per the year, we're at 98,000 so far for the year, guys. We're right there where we were last month, the year before, and two years ago. So I just you know feel really strongly that We've been in a great market, but it's it's our perception. It's what we believe. So, hey, Fry, you can go ahead and take this chart down. I want to see Mark and Charlie because we're going to wrap up the show with Mark. Talk to us about Nevada and California because those are definitely two of our states that we see a lot of people move to Arizona from. Yeah, um, we operate in four markets. So Phoenix, of course, uh, also the California desert, Orange County and then Las Vegas. And, um, you know, each of the markets, uh, though sister markets in many ways, um, have their own, you know, aspects, uh, the way that they're approaching the uh, pandemic is different from a standpoint of politically, 
Um, but overall, there's a lot of similarities of what's happening in the market. Now, Phoenix, without a doubt, is our strongest comeback market. Um, it didn't get hit as hard. And over the last three weeks, we've seen increases in closed escrows every single week. Right. Um, uh, and so that's, that's awesome. Okay. Um, so we're seeing the same in each market, just not as robust as we are in Phoenix. Can so you go get, everything is very similar. Go ahead. Can you go sit down at a restaurant today in Nevada or California? Do you know the answer to that? Not yet, okay. but supposedly in uh, this week, oh. they're going to have a soft opening in Las Vegas. Uh, California, I don't see happening this week. California will be down the road. And, you know, it's very interesting. Even the California desert has different rules than Orange County. So who's more uh, strict? You know what? We're dealing with different different political powers right. in each of the markets we're in. So is the desert more strict or less strict than you see in Orange County? More strict. Okay, that's interesting. So do you believe there's gonna be a lot of people leaving California as a result of what they went through versus how we were impacted by the pandemic? You know what's interesting about California is um, there's always been, uh, and they have always been, huge feeder markets to uh, Las Vegas mm -hmm. as well as Phoenix, mm -hmm. and they will continue to be. However, it's amazing that, you know, California is California, and it drives a lot of people to that market. Mm -hmm. So, which I guess in the, in the grand scheme of things is great. There's a lot of people coming into California, and there's a lot of people leaving to California. Leaving from California. Leaving from California. So I guess we get the benefit of, of a lot of movement. Because remember, you know, in our business, we really want activity. I don't right. think anyone wants excessive prices to skyrocket. You want stable pricing with some growth in there, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, but you want activity. You want movement. And that's what you get out of California specifically. So one last question about Nevada. Are the casinos starting to get life again? What's going on with the casinos and the strip down there for you guys? Because I know that's pretty huge casinos for you. Are still closed down. Are uh, they? Still closed down. Um, they'll have, they've got to have the, uh, um, uh, the uh, gambling board approved. Uh, um, you know, they're opening, so no one hotel can open up on their own okay. without uh, it being approved. Um, and we'll see. Supposedly, we're hearing that underway in some way, shape, or form, and hopefully we'll hear what the plan is about. I will tell you, whatever that opening will be, it will have X parameters and X rules of how that opening will go. And mm -hmm. so... Uh, you know, soon, soon to hear. New norm definitely coming out for everybody, no matter where you are. So one last, um, so it's time to wrap up the show. Thank you both so much for your time today. Hey, I'm Rebecca, so grateful. Yeah. We do have a question from Facebook. Okay. Ariel's wanting to know, does Mark or Charlie have any advice for selling in the luxury market during these times? Who wants to take that question? Well, you know I, what? I, I didn't quite hear it. For I, can you repeat the question? Yeah, it's uh can you hear me here? Yeah. Okay. It says uh does Mark or Charlie have any advice for selling in the luxury market during these times? Charlie, Mark, who wants to take well, it? Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I you know, um we, we see, you know, the luxury market is very much connected 
uh, more of what we see to the stock market. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, be it that in these crazy times, the stock market is held up. Um, we're seeing a vibrance in that marketplace. It was affected in the short run, um, but we saw prior to coming into the pandemic, a very strong luxury market. And I think we're gonna see it coming out of it. Uh, as long as the stock market holds up, I think you're going to, like I said, see a lot of activity in the market. Keep in mind, hey, listen, you know what? It's still always gonna depend on location, product, uh, 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 the prettier pricing. your house, the more value your house has, right? Absolutely, absolutely. That Those rules will stay in place always, but I do not see this in itself uh, as the pandemic gonna stop the market. I think you're gonna see more activity in the luxury market than you expect. Well, and to your point, I know Charlie, you told me about a cash deal that um, was two, two point something million. That... We did a $3.6 million virtual sale virtual sales never actually saw it and and for from our perspective here in arizona we're seeing the, the luxury market is holding strong uh, i think our north scottsdale had their highest month ever in their history i think in march with closings and a lot of cash so even though they may be pulling out of the stock market they're putting their cash i think sometimes into uh, real estate Another thing I heard today was the non-QM loans that went away, basically the luxury kind of loans that went away in the beginning of this pandemic, apparently are starting to come back. So that might be another shot in the arm for people who have been thinking about purchasing luxury, maybe holding off a little bit. Maybe it's now is the time. Okay, guys, last words of wisdom. You both get a good minute or so, however long you want. Last words of wisdom to start the week off right. For anybody watching, it's Monday morning, almost noon. What can you guys share? Mark, go ahead. I will say, you know what? Attitude is everything. Uh, doesn't mean automatically be positive based on what you're dealing with because everyone's dealing with certain issues uh, that, you know what, can be with health issues, family members going through some tough things. But I would say, you know what? Look always to the silver lining of right. whatever you're going through because I believe so strongly that what you focus on expands and I always choose, okay, call it a little fear on that state point. As you know, Mark, I wanna send out to the universe more opportunity, more positivity and more success for the people around me, my family, my friends and my own business, so. Beautiful words, We're, uh, you know, attitude of gratitude is what I like to say. Charlie, your words of but, wisdom before we, we shout out. I'm not as, as, as fluid as Mark may be, but <laughs> I think it's there. The market is there. There will always be a market and you have to make up your mind and you have to have a mindset that says, I'm going to go take my share of that market. If you don't give up, you don't quit, you never give in, then you will be successful in this real estate market like in any real estate market. And that not only applies to the real estate market, it applies to your home life, it applies to your family, to your kids and to everyone that you know. If you think about the good things in life, just be grateful, be humble, and then communicate with your people, that's how you feel. That was quite eloquent, uh, eloquent Charlie. And uh, you know what, guys, thank you so much. Have a wonderful Monday mwah, mwah, to both of you. Thank and you. thank you, anybody and everybody who's been watching and tuning in our first show here at the Lister Pro Studios. Yeah, we thank you for stumbling through some of our technical difficulties. Next week will be better, I promise. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thanks. See Thanks you. Bye-bye.